0: Greetings, rulers. Uh, for part two of Night Rule, episode 19, Jeff and I were joined by Professor Harvey J.K. Uh, we discussed uh, a lot of political matters, hit on some strategy, talked about the history of the term progressive a little bit. Uh, Eugene Debs, we talked about Demon Slayer, Psychopath, Death Note, Dr. Katz, The Mandalorian, Bare Naked Ladies. We hit really a, a wide swath of topics. I'm sure you'll uh, really find the discussion fun. For our intro today, we'll be listening to Koshi Maharu's cover of Duke Ellington's Digga Digga Do. And for the outro, we'll be hearing Sakamoto Ryūch. Thousand Knives is the name of this song. Uh, So without any further ado, enjoy part two of this episode.
1: Some weeks ago, my a group of my former students, who graduated about five years ago, they heard that I had stepped out of the classroom, meaning that I became, that I retired in August they it, because they didn't want to teach because they didn't want to teach online, and, and they knew this. We were in regular contact, so they said, "You know, you're doing a lot of shows. Maybe you ought to. Maybe maybe you should let us buy you a microphone, a Yeti, one of these things." Yeah.
0: And so I, I said, "No,
1: absolutely not. Save your money." And then they said, well, it's too late, look out on your front porch. <laughs> so they had, Best, Best Buy had, they had already delivered it today, that day to the front porch. So when I've used it, people say, wow, that's really great. But I already, I knew that my computer could do it really well anyhow, so it should be okay.
0: Cool. Jeff in Georgia is, um, he's a dissident peasant. He calls into MR a lot. Did you, if you listen to the majority report, you'd hear, hey Sam, it's Jeff from Georgia a lot.
1: I don't I you know what I used to listen I used to watch or catch Majority Report over lunch when Michael was alive. Mm, and yeah. then and then sometimes on Thursday, which would have been Michael's day, I remember because I like Matt Binder. So I I watch a bit um, sure. sometimes on Tuesday because no McKee and I are friends. But generally, I sort of leave Majority Report to a late night podcast to put me to sleep. Not that it. it's not boring. It's just it's that. Yeah, it's just when you can when...
0: listen.
2: I uh, I well I certainly know who you are, and we follow wow. each other
0: on Twitter.
1: Well, put your uh, ca- put your camera on so I can see who you are.
0: I'll turn it on for a second. Yeah, yeah I still I still don't have a camera. I'm still behind on the camera.
1: You're, you're lying.
0: I know, no, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I can tell. I can tell. It really annoys Harvey more than most. Um, it
1: really does.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not, it's cause it's an unequal. Yeah, it's unequal. There you go. There's the, there's the dissident peasant. What's How much up, do Jeff? I have
1: to stick in for the, uh, for the video to stay? No, I'll tell you what, Jeff, I'll leave it to <laughs> you. You want to go off video? We can both go off. Video. I'll leave it to you.
2: We were, I was off because, uh, I was talking to Isaac and, and he was okay. off, but I'm, well, tell you, what, uh, this, you tell me to turn it on. I'm going to turn it no, on. What I
1: really think, <laughs> what I think is we should delete him. <laughs>
2: delete him. It is actually, kick, kick it me out is, of the. Uh, yeah, it is great to talk to you, uh, well, Isaac, uh, yeah, it is
1: great to talk to
2: you. No, it's it's <laughs> great. It's great to talk to you. I well, that's very nice. I fucking I fucking love Thomas Paine so much.
1: Oh well then you're uh right the
2: to... the only the only one of the so-called founding fathers who's like worth a damn to me. Like really the only true revolutionary of the bunch. And like I especially my favorite stuff about his life is uh, when he goes to France. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and and then really kind of like you know, fucks things up over there for himself a little bit, but like, man, he's yeah, just but so stubbornly like, committed but does to his right. he Yeah, does it. he's
1: the, he's in the right; everybody else is wrong.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, and that's you know that was his problem with getting along with everyone. I think he he because that was shit was really important to him, but Dan wasn't important to him anyway. I I'm a big fan me, of him. tell me
1: tell me about yourself. We I know about pain. Tell me about yourself.
2: Oh, uh, well, my name is Jeff from Georgia. Uh, I've been calling into the majority report for a few years, and maybe they're. You
1: don't, don't make know. a living by calling into the majority report.
2: What you no, uh, these days I make a living. Basically, during the pandemic, I was delivering food, uh-huh. um, basically as a gig worker, but I do make some income through a podcast and a Twitch stream, basically. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. At, uh, at uh, distantpeasant.com. Distant uh, peasant? Yeah. distant. Yes, it is yeah. Actually, it's,
1: that's uh, funny. maybe mm-hmm. I, I have heard of that I'm pretty sure I know that
2: yeah it's it's come up a few times it's a I generally just write scripts these days really uh basically about history yeah I have about uh 3500 words about the Protestant work ethic
0: huh. <laughs>
2: saved right now but I've done other stuff the reason I like to do it is because they say sort of evergreen yeah right and uh uh-huh. unlike a lot of political political podcasts you can go back and listen to them in there as long as I skip over my intro first couple of minutes, they, they all hold up <laughs> fair, fairly decently. Um, I think that's a little weird, but, like, even though I do a history podcast, I always give the date at the beginning and, and talk a little about, like, what's going on in my life just very briefly.
1: Uh-huh. Because,
2: yeah. I don't know, well, I feel like they're like letters in a sense. Like, everything exists in a place and time to me. So well, even Even work about history
1: from a dissident
2: has <laughs> i mean even work about history like it it exists in a place in a time and i've always been really into history but uh now i find myself always thinking about history so everything you go
1: you're, you're in georgia somewhere what'd you do
2: i have a bachelor's of science in information technology good for you, <laughs> okay.
1: Where'd you go?
2: uh and i went to music school once so i'm a classically trained musician too uh but in terms of history nope Nope, no, no, no don't fall So
1: Where did you do the Bachelor of Science?
2: At um, Middle Georgia State University. So, That's not, your, a big, is middle not a big, Georgia yeah, state. Not a big yeah. fancy school, but it does exist. Yeah. And it is a real state school that really gave me a degree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never, I've, I've honestly, I've never really had what you would call like a decent job or a real job. I know. That would require. I would have,
1: thought IT, you would have found something. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> hence hence the dissidents
1: okay so what are we talking about today then
0: um actually jeff and i were just talking about so i mean i have I, i'm curious how the democrats move beyond this any kind of like bipartisanship strategy um we we're have talking they, about they
1: move beyond or how they because they haven't moved beyond
0: how they how they could how they should how they might i mean i really think the the era of bipartisanship should be going the way of the dodo given that the republicans have been so uh kind of like uncooperative and obstructionist for what 20 plus years now since gingrich so we were talking about you know should they be like i think jeff said they should they should put out bill after bill you know just just uh you know two thousand dollars stimulus checks night night then bring it down by one dollar each time just so we could show <laughs> yeah. the fucking republicans voted against this shit, you know 25 times
2: well and, and, and i, I like and i i hypothesize that maybe what they're doing is and it is a waste of time but if they want to show the Republicans as being intransigent for two weeks fine whatever like if after that they actually begin to like grab the levers of power that they do have that like reconciliation and stuff and they just pass things then fine like fine enough uh, and that was that was basically you know I right before you came on uh, Harvey I just wanted to I was, I was worrying because, you know, I, on these political podcast shows, I'm always too worried about being blackpilled, if you know what I mean, right? I don't want people to,
1: like, hopeless.
2: Well, no, I don't want hopelessness,
0: like there's, yeah,
2: pointlessness, how fucked up things are, you leave it
1: there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The term I I know is, you're afraid you're a downer?
2: Yeah, like that, or, or or just like to inspire a sense of, like, nihilism in people about politics. Like, there's, like, there's no point in that nothing will ever get any better, because I think, in some small ways
1: at least like possibility still exists well things are already better in the last month
0: i mean exactly
1: they fired the guy who was the senior counsel of the national labor relations board they is issuing executive orders that should change the tenor of politics but in terms of in terms of what the democrats should do to i mean here's what i here's what i think okay for a start they really ought to put right away all their eggs in one basket, which I know was Obama's mistake, but he he was awful Obama. he 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 he, he, he didn't know how to go after the one thing that mattered. Well, first of all, he didn't want to go after the one thing that mattered, and that was universal health care. right And when he did so, he reduced the political initiative to negotiating with the two women from the two women senators from Maine, I recall. So but that's not I think that that's you know not the way you put all your eggs in one basket in favor of, say, Obamacare. I think you put all your eggs in one basket for a national infrastructure built program, massive national infrastructure program. And I'll tell you why I say that. For a start, in very practical terms, I actually think they can get it passed without bipartisanship. And And the reason I say that is that Manchin has already said he'll go He'll go to four trillion dollars on that one. And he's right. the, you know, that's for a start. Second of all, they it's a it's a massive budgetary initiative, so it can be it can be enacted with a simple majority. You don't need 60 votes. Screw the filibuster, you might say. And the other thing is, is you build into the national infrastructure, first of all, guarantee of employment for anyone who seeks to work in, in national infrastructure building. Two, you connect to it a guaranteed healthcare program, okay? Number three, you make it a guaranteed minimum wage of $15 an hour, which by the way, isn't a lot of money uh, considering what we ought to do. And and last but not least, you guaranteed collective bargaining rights. And, And by the way, if they can't get all of that in the bill that passes, that's when Biden uses the executive order system. That is he can actually order that any contract to a private enterprise must include health care and collective bargaining and a $15 minimum wage. You can do that with executive orders. So, you know, and by the way, once you get the health care into that initiative, over the horizon, you'll get it nationally. Once you get collective bargaining rights into it, workers are going to be pissed off if their employers try to block it and, you know, all hell could break loose. I mean, it's 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 a simple a simple. Uh, it's not simple it's simple thinking that could take to do it and i base it on the whole fdr experience in the new deal i think it is possible the one the one piece
2: that i'm most skeptical about about what you outlined is frankly the last one about collective bargaining rights i i have real doubts about just how committed even like the center of the democratic party is to that, of course, like we would need everyone in the city. No, no, you're board. missing.
1: I just said executive order if you have to do. You, well, Biden, too, the same problem. Is no, he, he he met. I'm, all I'm telling you is he number one, number one, He he fired the head of the National Labor. Not the head, the senior counsel of the National Labor Relations Board. By the way, I have plenty of evidence that, to prove you are right in, in your dissent from my argument. I, I don't I'm not going to. Well, this is right. It's me. just a thought. To me, but, but, it, but that you're, certainly you're is the weakest point. It, when he fired the head of the, when he fired, sorry, when he fired the senior counsel at the National Labor Relations Board, he did it because labor unions, together, told him the first thing you need to do is do this, and he did it. That's first. That's the other thing about it is, is that he, he's going to have to build unity, in his own words. The best way to build unity is to enable labor unions to create solidarities, whether you were a Trump voter or a Biden voter. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And then, and moreover, and, and moreover, this is really important, is last, last week or some weeks ago, in a meeting with CEOs that Richard Trumka was present at, Biden said to them, we're going to rebuild unions. I mean, and by the way, the CEOs were not happy with it, but that's what he said. Now. Can I tell you that he's going to follow through on all his promises? I don't. But you said you were you were pessimistic about possibilities and I'm telling you there's a way to do it. And here's the punchline. Bernie Sanders is the chair of the Senate Budget Committee. He will control he will control legislation and that's really important. That that does strike me as like hopeful.
2: Obviously like I, I wasn't so like disagree with you so much as I, you know, I I still think the Democratic Party is is looking to be, you know, pretty wedded to capital, And so, like, they're going to be looking for ways to get out of that particular plank. But I actually think on everything else, which is definitely not insignificant, um, you're right. I can see even Joe Manchin voting for all that stuff, particularly because, like, an infrastructure bill like, this is a bit maybe crude, but uh, it's like the perfect platform to buy votes,
1: yep, pork barrel pork right. barrel
2: style, right? Like, well, if Joe sure. Manchin, you know, if, if he's got a problem with this or whatever, we'll build as many dams or whatever as you want, right? Like, or whatever it takes, and we'll, and we'll get you on board at a time when, you know, we really could use this as a vehicle, I think, to... Bring us up to full employment, raise wages substantially across the board through pressure by this massive jobs program, well, and you know the, expand health care too.
1: Yeah. Well, you know the coal companies basically destroy mountaintops. Well, we'll yeah. just you know let Biden say we're going to put massive solar reflectors on the top of all those devastated mountaintops. I mean, whatever it takes.
0: Absolutely. Um, really quickly, guys, in case we get disconnected, I'll message you both with the link right away. I've had some minor internet issues, um, but I'll edit this all out. So
1: It wouldn't happen if you had a camera.
0: It wouldn't happen <laughs> if I had a camera. It, it wouldn't happen if I had just had my shit together in general. Um, no, wait a
1: minute. You had no McKee on your show, right, or not?
0: Sure did, yeah. She was fantastic.
1: And And you had no camera that day?
0: It's true, yeah. Shame on you. I know, I know. Um, get, you got you to get with the 21st you know, century. It, it came, I like, it came, it I came like up on too. the very last episode. I said at the very beginning of the episode, having a good webcam is like having a driver's license or phone number. It's just requisite to be a part of society. I know, I know this now. Yeah.
2: I mean, see, I was, like, I, was like, yeah. I was like you too. I was old school, podcast, audio only, no video. People love to see video, though they do. Yeah,
1: it's true. But I, I will tell you, and I'm with you, Jeff. I'm not disagreeing at all. But I can tell you that there is an advantage to audio only in that probably the audio only will be listened to by people later at night when they've finished everything else they've done. And it might, it might, it's not a bad thing, but the point is for the sake of the people you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. You need a camera because visual weather, visual cues and
0: body language and all that. It's it's yeah, really I mean right. so much so much communication is nonverbal. It's absolutely yeah. a very that's probably the best point anyone's made on this subject so far.
1: Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah. So shame. So shame on. Shame you. on me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: glad. I'm glad we're getting my my uh, my daily shaming in. Um, well, I mean, since we have um, Jeff in Georgia here and Harvey, we had talked about. I mean, I floated a million different topics uh, in kind of a spastic. <laughs> Um, frantic kind of fashion. Um, thank, I really appreciate you sh- I really appreciate you sh- shooting a lot of those ideas down in a very mature sober second thought type uh, type uh, way uh, yeah. but we were going to talk about so so Jeff and Georgia we were thinking of creating a new segment on the um, Night roll podcast which is called before Bernie because my view is ultimately since 2016 so many people have had a profound political awakening so many people have become uh, either repoliticized or politicized for the first time. But they might not actually have all the knowledge they could maybe use that would be useful of yeah. the recent past and the recent uh, moments in progressive history in the past. Like you think of an example would right. be someone like ha- the moment where Howard Dean looked like he was going to be a progressive candidate that one time. Yeah, that was, a speech. that was
1: a That was an exaggeration.
0: It was that. That was a meringue. That was a light and fluffy, yeah. but without much substance uh, type thing. See, exactly. This yeah. is ex- so. I don't Um,
1: don't think of him as, you know, it's funny at the time when he came forward, I thought, who is this guy? That's what I actually thought. And then some of my students got excited by him. I think, I don't know if it was the healthcare thing. I'm not even sure what it was. But I remember when he would show up on television, there was nothing particularly progressive. He seemed like a liberal with a bit more of a conscience, maybe about healthcare, and That's all I can recall. And that's
0: that's kind of what passed muster as, as progressive back then, right? It was a yeah, very no, different time. Very
1: true.
2: That's I, right. and I, I think part of the dynamic that, that was going on is just that like at the time, there was a lot of energy that was very nascent and small, but kind of beginning to coalesce on the left of the Democratic Party that was just desperate for some vehicle to put its time, energy, and money into. And he was... The option on the table for a few months, more or less, and and that sort of like stuck with a lot, you know, a few people. I think. Um, yeah, I think really. the other thing about Dean that's kind of fascinating is just the speed with which capital just bought him up really quickly, and now he's literally a health insurance like lobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like it, like it, like the, it was. It was only like a couple years after she got out of public service, I think, that uh, like, yeah,
0: that was done. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. But I know, I know, Harvey. We talked about kind of well, uh, breaking it down by.
1: Go ahead. He, he was from Maine, right? Howard D. No, Vermont. I mean, he was from Vermont. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And he was governor. Was that what he was, governor?
2: Uh yeah, I think that's right.
1: I yeah. think that's right. So, in that vein, my real question I was easing into was, what have we heard? Lately, about uh, Leahy, what's up? You know, he had a, he had a health scare the other day. Is he actually in the hospital still?
2: I actually don't know. I can actually look right now, though. Why not? Because he's a progressive. You know,
1: he actually made the progressive honor roll one year for the Nation magazine. I know that because he and I were in the same honor roll. Uh, looks like he's.
2: Clear to resume normal duties. Eighty years old, for the record,
1: to the audience. Yeah. yeah, he's he's what years too older than Bernie, I guess, right, or something like
0: that. You and think, um, okay, Harvey? Okay, do you think that the the some of the old, like the the more established um, Congress people and the Democratic Democratic Congress people and senators, like, do you think some of them with with a little bit more progressive bona fides, a little bit more of a history of that, um, could really like be like a little bit like have their true passions unleashed like now that the kind of veil of like a neoliberalism might be lifted in the face of like the you know the oh, need to address this crisis
1: um that 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 in itself is a good question um the problem is that when we say older people in the congress we think immediately of pelosi right and nothing's nothing is going to turn her into a into a real progressive i mean part of the problem is the term progressive is so vague
0: yeah you know we were just oh, talking we were... about this like a half hour ago. OK, OK, well,
1: I... <laughs> Jeff, wait, wait. Yeah, let's put I'll this wait. in perspective, OK? Let me make it clear that when progressive with a capital P was the big movement in American history, so let's go back to, say, 1900 to 1915, 20, OK? Let's not forget that every one of the candidates in the 1912 campaign somehow was portrayed as a progressive, Even. Even fucking right winger taft claimed he was something of a progressive which was utterly ridiculous teddy roosevelt ran as you know the progressive candidate should have been la follette but teddy roosevelt ran um woodrow wilson ran as he had another variation on progressive and let's not forget he was a racist okay and last but not least uh, is uh, eugene debs who i don't think ever tried to claim he was a progressive because he was a socialist and, but to remember that is to remind us today that people think they're progressive if they vote yes on a civil rights bill and yes on a gender equality bill and, and you know, that's a good liberal step to take. And I use the word liberal without any condescension. I think it's a serious politics, to, to, you know, and, and worthwhile. But clearly, the term progressive, you know, when progressive repra- replaced liberal, I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And now i really wish people would just say social democrat you either are into you're either support, supporting social democracy or you're not and progressive not all progressives are social democrats or at least go out of their way to deny the really major social democratic initiative of future and that's universal health care so last year when the democrats were up on stage if any one of the uh, news people had or anchors had said to them do you think of yourself as a progressive? They all would have said, yes, yes, yes. But that's bullshit. They, all, the only one up there who was truly a progressive in the social democratic sense was Bernie Sanders followed maybe closely by Elizabeth Warren. The rest of them were cowards. So, you know, Harris backed out. Yeah. Cory Booker, I don't think he actually ever disavowed healthcare, but except that he was so closely in, aligned with the bankers, it was hard to sort of take him seriously if he called himself a...
0: Yeah.
2: I didn't mean to get so excited earlier. Just It's just that we were, like right before you came on, we were talking about this very thing. No, no, I didn't want
1: to have to backtrack. I wanted to get the history down.
2: No, That's you're fantastic. Uh, speaking of that, I just, because of what we were talking about, I actually pulled up a quote that I've read by Eugene Debs that I think about uh, and have thought about more and more since Bernie's campaign. Ended in twenty twenty. I want to. I want to read it if that's okay. Sure. It's too long. It's okay
1: with me, but I'm not the um, host.
2: <laughs> if it's okay with you, Isaac. Uh,
0: uh, yes, of
2: course. <laughs> he, he's he's speaking, of course, to a uh, to a, a Congress of labor leaders and uh, uh, labor union members. There are those present. I can see their honesty. I am pure no man's motive. There are those present who believe that a kind of middle party can be organized. That will embrace so many more of the people. They indulge the illusion that it is possible to permanently unite men whose interests are in conflict. It cannot be done. It is an impossible undertaking. I venture to say that if this body in the course of its deliberations decides upon organizing a middle-class party that shall neither be one thing or the other, but that shall have progress for its shibboleth, that, that shall be known as a progressive party, And by the way, do you know of a party that is not a progressive party? I don't. Do you know of any man or woman in this country who will confess himself or herself a reactionary? I don't. Rockefeller is a progressive. So is Morgan. So are all the rest of them progressive. And there is not a term in our vocabulary that has been more prostituted in the last few years than the term progressive. Now, what does it mean? Absolutely
1: nothing. And listen, Jeff, I I want you to cut and paste that. And I want you to send it to my email. I will do that. A great quote. Oh, that's really great. I I've forget
2: where I it. found it originally. Well, that's honestly. interesting. I've
1: got all my Eugene Dev stuff just down here to the right from where I'm sitting. And once I get it, maybe I'll do a little scanning by you know just flipping pages, see if I can find it.
2: But it just it really spoke to me because I, I feel still similarly about this word progressive today sometimes based on what you were saying. I I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it seems to me not always, maybe not absolutely, but more and more like a, a meaningless phrase, just a, a phrase to signify that basically in America you're not a Republican, you're not you're not with Trump <laughs> more yeah. or less. Well, Who, I mean, it, it's been it, it, weird. He hasn't come up yeah. once since we since we yeah. started and talking.
1: another Another thing I want to point out about progressive, which once had a great a great cohort of folks with a capital P is that here in Wisconsin, which is really where the Progressive Party just emanated from, just like the Republican Party, is that the progressives here, Robert La Follette, Robert La Follette Jr., um, they that emerged or they emerged from the Republican Party. And in fact, other progressive Republicans who were allied with FDR during the 1930s, like George Norris, they come out of the, I mean, it's funny, they were progressives that come out of the Republican Party. And why did they? Because they found their own party so corrupt, so in bed with bankers and and, and railway tycoons that they just had to get out. And uh, they didn't feel like they were going to move to the Democratic Party. And maybe they couldn't feel comfortable doing that because they also knew they didn't want to be associated with the white supremacists from down south. Right. So, so FDR's, if you like, his, his liberal alliance included some really prominent formerly republican lack of a better way of putting it progressive republicans like bob la Follette, jr here in wisconsin and george norris in nebraska
0: maybe we can actually like revivify the whole concept of like a progressive republican in terms of like the ones we can peel off to vote for some actual stimulus and whatnot like
1: well that, i doubt very much they could be called progressives i'm sure i'm sure that uh, that would take I, a hell of a lot to get them to do that.
0: Maybe under a different under, under a different rubric. But, I mean, the thing is, like, we have we had the same, we had a progressive conservative party in Canada as well, and I think they were trying to differentiate the, themselves from yeah. saying, you know, we're not just pure traditionalists; we yeah. actually like believe in. I always thought that was a funny. Passion.
1: Progressive conservative. I know. But.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, yeah, it seems odd. I have that particular hope. I. I think that I mean, name it's not, not going to play out that way just because our no, parties are more, more they're more ideologically homogenous now than they were, uh, particularly the Republican
1: Party, which is much more uh, hey, listen. You're, so you're 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 in Vancouver, Isaac. I just I just thought of what would be a great thing to do. I don't know if you have any contact with bare naked ladies. Aren't they out of Vancouver? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, they no. They I'm roommates. I'm roommates with the bare naked ladies. I mean, I could I could contact the bare naked ladies. Everyone in Canada has them on speed dial, so.
1: Well, if that's true, what you need to do, what you need to do is you need to get them to do a song about progressive conservatives.
0: Oh, that would be a good bare naked Ladies song. That sounds right up their alley, actually.
1: Yeah, that's a, that. I think it'd be great. You bet.
2: <laughs> Maybe, I if, I used to have bare naked ladies CDs when they were a thing.
1: I st- I still have mine. I haven't gotten any of them yet. You guys,
0: but I, do still- you, do you do you only know them post their big like you splash in the U.S. or do you know like the old oh, hits like too. Enid and whatnot?
1: no i know the earlier stuff right
0: oh wow i'm on a call with two cool guys check it out
2: i'm more of a normie fan i guess no i didn't really know their early stuff but i i still i still appreciate them uh because they're a band sort of from my youth (laughs) (laughs) um my
1: my daughters my well my daughters are grown now they're in their 30s but uh yeah so this goes back to when they, they were kids i guess and uh I mean, some of the stuff was just, I mean, every one of the songs on that album that I have up there is just great, absolutely great.
0: Yeah, they're great songwriters. Um, Actually, since we've since we've uh, diverged into popular culture, I was I was recommending a bunch of anime to uh, Jeff before he came on Harvey, if you uh, I know, I know you like solid action stuff. There's one there's one that I'm really addicted to right now called Demon Slayer. It's the number one Thing in japan like i don't know if you've heard of this netflix show bridgerton it was in the news today as being like the most successful it, ever
1: i've heard of it um, but i i generally avoid the latest oh, stuff.
0: me too but the funny just thing about that night, is just,
1: just last night i finally saw what is it star trek the third one of the chris pine star trek. oh
0: beyond i never i never saw beyond okay oh, no, I, that's, I,
1: I, that's funny my daughter said she had watched it just recently my younger daughter And I said, wow, I I don't think we saw that one. So we watched it last night. It was filled with, it was decidedly active as a film. God, that was, it was remarkable. Also, Idris Elba plays the baddie in it. So it was kind of good.
0: I love Idris Elba. Um, No, but uh, Bridgerton is is the top 10 show everywhere in the world except Japan. And I think that's because in Japan, they have better taste and they're watching things like Demon Slayer. (laughs) If you want to watch a fantastic, I mean, every time I watch a really good anime, I end up wondering what kind of subconscious statements it's making on the zeitgeist and like in this one it's like a horrible world where there's uh demons that eat humans and they're just massacring people's families and it's very sad and i feel like it actually speaks to our time in some some way that i haven't quite figured out so i'd love for you guys to watch it and give me your feedback
1: okay can i tell you honestly i won't
0: please What I about what about can you be like less brutally honest? Could you be like quite honest but not what, not so what. brutally honest?
1: I, I, I tell you what, where does one watch this?
0: Netflix, it's on Netflix now.
1: If I, I tell you what, if some afternoon, upcoming, my I can find th- like I have nothing else to do. Yeah, Dragon, it's called Dragon Slayer.
0: Demon Slayer. Demon, Demon, Demon Slayer.
1: Slayer. Send me yeah. a note so I don't forget. The I title. will.
0: I will. And you know, if you if you press the if you if you miss click or you press the wrong button on the remote and it comes on, just leave it on for a few seconds. You know, just let it ride for like ten or fifteen. Um, so I
2: too. I too will be honest because we're,
0: be we're waiting for we're waiting for Mandalorian. Ask you a
1: question. Wait a second.
0: Go, yeah. go for it.
1: You guys are probably at the age where you may have been kids. How old are you guys? Thirty six. I'm thirty eight.
2: Yeah, I'm thirty
1: five. Yeah. Well, you guys would know Pinky and the Brain, right? Oh, oh, totally.
0: Yeah. Fantastic work. Well, yeah. I love candy. their work
1: on Hulu. They've got a whole new set of them.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Ah, you see, you, you and you call yourself up on popular culture. No, I did know that. I did know
2: that. I haven't checked. By the way, yet.
1: they're really, good. it's part of Animaniacs. It, it's this it's built into Animaniacs and it's on Hulu. So it's free if you got the app. And by the way, the voice of the of brain is a Canadian.
0: Oh yeah, I think I know that. Maurice um, Marsh.
1: He, right. He followed me on Twitter, and I was so ecstatic. I immediately followed back.
0: Mm, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to get Dr. Katz to follow me on Twitter. I'm hoping Jonathan Katz follows me. <laughs> you guys ever watched that show? That was one of my favorite shows from the <laughs> '90s as well. It was like I Dr. Katz. It. So he was like a therapist who would only have stand-up comedians come into his therapist office. So you no,
2: know, I was never a normal kid, Doc. I I hated comic books growing up. Yeah. I just think I don't believe in the whole idea of a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, man? I mean, who look at superheroes? They're bad role models for kids anyway. And my favorite superhero growing up was the Hulk. Figure he's green, I'm black. It's close enough. Yeah. This guy is my hero. Did you ever see his TV show? Uh, yeah. I uh... same dilemma every week. He's don't make me angry. You wouldn't
0: like me if I was angry. You remember what would happen after that? They'd piss him off. They would beat his ass like an animal, Doc. Then he'd get mad and turn into a monster and beat them up and and keep on walking like nothing happened. I mean, what kind of role models gonna fight that much? Yeah. After five episodes, I was like, Hey, man, you know, maybe it's you. Well, that's <laughs> funny.
1: I have an antipathy. To, no offense if you guys use them, but I, I, my sister's a therapist and she, I like her, but. I'm, I'm not into any shows that involve therapists.
0: Uh, I, I'm going to send you a link to this one because this one you can actually just watch no, on no. YouTube, too.
1: No, I'm more likely to watch Demon Slayer than I like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, I think that's going to have uh, to be I mean, the title wait, of this wait episode. A second, wait a
1: second, wait a second. Have we... So you've seen all the Mandalorian now, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Jeff?
1: Uh, I have not yet seen
2: all of it. I have seen most of it, and I do know uh, where the plot's at. Okay,
1: the first series was better.
2: Yes, I've heard this. I've heard a lot of people complain about now they're bringing in X, Y, Z and it well, feels the second series like the same old stuff.
1: The second series was good in the sense that it, it might, I'm not sure if it was more or less violent, but you know, Baby Yoda was adorable. What are you going to do, right? <laughs> and, but it is the case that it did, there were moments in it which I think were really, really challenging. I'm thinking one in which it's very late in the second series, in which they go to this, what was like a, this community on this planet. And, you know, it's, it's basically run as a, an authoritarian village. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, beca- he had to go liberate Yoda. I think, the, you know, along the way Yoda gets kidnapped from him. And so that was, that was interesting. And the last episode was okay. But when in the last episode, I did not know it was the last episode.
0: I remember you told me that. Yeah. Which is funny. And I also didn't know it was uh Spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker. So we were both confused by the last episode. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So I think I don't know. End, it was a little less satisfying than I hoped. So uh oh well.
2: I uh, generally no. enjoy the show. I I mean yeah, I me like too. I like how it's not about a big space battle all the time. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> we're most and uh, pretty much all the other Star Wars properties, that's what they're always about. Everything's sort of like scaled down way more, and there's an opportunity to do more fun stuff. It's a little bit cheesy. It's already been like made fun of, but uh, just the way oh, the Mandalorian, sure. Sure. But the way the Mandalorian like uh, shows his character, just by with his helmet on, yeah, time, just by like tipping his head a little bit or something, like, and he, and he does sort of get emotion across, despite the fact he's wearing this huge impersonal metal helmet all
1: the time. <laughs> yeah, pretty incredible acting
0: cool. challenge, yeah. No, like, they, I Just mean, communicate with the, your head tilt.
1: Even the helmet becomes a subject of even more interest in the second series in the sense that we actually see him. He, there are times where he, he has removed the helmet. Right. And then there are those who have somehow secured... What was interesting there was this... I, I mean, we've both seen it, Isaac, so I can say this. So there's that one where all of a sudden that, that threesome are... They're Mandalorians of another sort, which I thought was interesting. You know the ones I'm talking about, right?
0: Uh, yeah, with like the blue and pink, uh, Mandalorian yeah, they were, armor, like the, yeah.
1: Um, they were like the Power Ranger Mandalorians. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I never watched, by the way. I just know. I mean, it was so prevalent as an image that I. I think
0: Power like, Rangers was just a little. I was a little bit old for Power Rangers, but only but only by like a tiny, tiny bit. I like barely missed it. Which mm-hmm. is probably a good thing in the long run because I'm pretty, See, sure, pretty that's sure people over the sort of really thing. power rangers get just suffer tremendous brain damage over time. Well, I
2: feel like it's the sort of thing that when you're a kid, if you're a little bit too old for it, you feel really, really old for it. That's a, that's how I think because I, I thought it was silly, yeah, and you and I, scored it, yeah, exactly. But and exactly. when you're like a young teenager, of course, like there is no other time where you're scored is that sort of hot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's very true. Very true.
2: I've I've mellowed a bit with age, I think. You've mellowed a bit. I, I hope so. Um, I
0: need
1: to I need to take off here pretty soon. Isaac.
0: Oh no worries, so no soon. worries. Um,
1: oh, we can talk about you when you're gone. That's when I yeah. put this camera on, by the way.
2: Can I ask? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go before ahead. Before I go, I wanted to ask you a question since uh, you're in Canada, uh, because I think sure. a lot of Americans maybe don't uh, appreciate this dynamic: the Keystone XL pipeline. I've heard uh, Trudeau and his government are absolutely, nearly apoplectic. They're in, they're pissed, for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah, a lot of people know, are. Like Trudeau, yeah. Even people maybe um, in the you might people in America might consider them you know somewhat left, but uh, Canada yeah. is still kind of a petro state right like well i
0: mean he because trudeau basically stepped in and bought the pipeline uh like the you know the canadian portion of it in kind of a surprise move a few years ago while people were still protesting and trying to to block uh construction work and whatnot and it was really this is really bizarre moment because trudeau had obviously by that point really touted himself as a, a very liberal very pretty far left progressive type guy and then all of a sudden he became you know this energy czar it was it's really didn't make much sense to me from from that point on but uh the, you know there's just a tremendous amount of people pissed off about just losing the jobs and the economic activity and um personally me like in bc i'm, I'm more concerned about uh spills and stuff I, I don't know it's something it's something i want to talk to people that i know who are kind of more centrist or like center right because i actually you know i, I know people here who you know you would be considered kind of conservative but they're kind of like almost like what republicans would have been in like the 80s in America they're like they would be like considered liberal by most standards it's just that they you know they're pro gun and they're pro things like pipelines you,
1: you but, didn't
0: say 80s did you uh, i mean like like moderate republicans in the 80s would be are like further left in some ways than centrist democrats now is what i mean
1: i'm trying to th-
0: you know the 80s or 70s Ooh, i don't know how don't far know, back do would, i got to go
1: who would call well, Last time you had any kind of cohort of Republicans who could be, I'm trying to think of moderate Republicans.
2: Like I don't know, Ed Muskie? Uh, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm told I'm told moderate Republicans Muslim did it did in Democrat fact exist Democrat. at some point. It might have yeah, been Muskie was a
2: Democrat you No know, Muskie was a Democrat. Who who ran against Nixon in the seventies or flirted yeah. with it?
1: Or there were some to,
2: Republicans the only ones, Rockefeller? No
1: people remember who ran against uh, the only ones who Look, I mean, the shadow of Reagan from the late '60s right through the, those years.
2: Yeah, and even before that Goldwater, like they were already going off the cliff, right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, '64 I mean, Goldwater was the, the, you know, he was like the godfather of Reagan. No, so I but, I don't really know. I there mean, were, there were liberal Republicans, even there were moderate Republicans. That's in the '60s. That I I can tell you
0: okay so i had to go further days, back
1: there were republic. some people think the last good senate or great senate was in the 70s because there were republicans who were willing to act on certain kinds of bills and i'm forgetting the names of those guys jesus christ who were they? That's, boy that's really way back holy shit
2: yeah the thing now, is, is like we're or even the 70s like i don't know we're talking 50 years. I, mean, I can years tell you the whole now, history of the
1: so. 70s, but I can assure you that none of that history would include a moderate Republican.
2: <laughs> okay. <But> I think <laughs> there's mistake. just like a sense in America among a lot of people that like Trudeau is, you know, sort of just like a box in liberal and like makes some pleasing noises about uh, climate change and uh, good government type language and it's a, yeah
0: it's a, as well we get of, we get great um, lip service in terms of lip service it's top yeah. top tier and, Ca-
1: and canadian the image of canada in america is greatly inflated by the way
0: oh as like a progressive like society for sure i mean yeah. like for example we're we're racist as fuck when it comes to some things and people have yeah. no no clue about it
1: it's just yeah. that you guys learned how to how to create
0: healthcare. yeah <laughs> tommy tommy <laughs> douglas baby tommy and you douglas. have
2: a and you have a parliamentary system, which is superior to presidential democracies in every way.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Thrown down. Do you do you agree with this, Harvey?
1: Well, you know what's inter- that's an interesting question. Given the given the size, the density, everything else of American life, it would have really been hard to to envision a parliamentary system with a federation on this scale. But having said that, there are times where one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I mean, it's something that haunts my imagination, but I f- refuse to answer it. Oh no! Well, well, I it is. Don't know. I, why? Why? No. Let me be honest as to why. I actually don't want a constitutional convention because because I can. I'm willing to bet that the constitutional convention would end up creating a constitution you and I would not want to be part of.
2: No, I think that's 100 true. I'm speaking. Because Absolutely. it would be flooded totally. by
0: lobbyists and whatnot, or the
2: right, the right wing in America is just ready to go. Yeah, they're they're organized, ready to go. They would take yeah, over. They wanted such a thing. it for some time, exactly. And they they could whip and muster the votes probably to do a lot of really terrible things, particularly like a balanced budget amendment. Yeah,
1: yeah. Especially let, you think, think about the Koch brothers and the, the kind of yeah. monetary. Well, one of them's dead, but you know the, the power of the of folks like the Kochs. You know you couldn't have a constitutional convention that was in any way expressive of the of the aspirations of the american people look uh, until our politics has controlled that then i don't i don't want a constitutional convention i really was speaking just totally theoretically let me also add that the history of parliamentary regimes leaves a lot to be desired i'll just i i refer you to let's see um germany i refer you to france i mean I mean, most of those places that we tend to think of as "wow, we had a parliamentary system," they were shitholes. <laughs> I mean, even
2: well, even great even Great Britain is, has had its problems. I oh, I just want to say
1: has been in serious trouble because yeah. the Scottish nationalists have basically broken apart the left uh, in Britain.
2: I just want to say my uh, just to defend my point of view a little bit. Um, it's just I. I've grown up in a world where I've never seen anything but inattentiveness, scleroticism, a total disconnect from any kind of like democratic force in American government. And I think part of the problem is that the way it's set up, there's just, there are too many divisions. There are too many checks and balances as I was taught as a wee lad, right? Like,
1: yeah. And it's, it's, it's too yeah, hard to get before anything you go, done. If, mm-hmm. if you, I want you to consider this. I think you could change the voting system without having to change the Republican system, meaning the government, the Republican
0: governmental system.
2: And what if we just went unicameral and we still had
0: a presidential system?
1: What would you think of that?
0: Mm, no saucy, saucy power serve from Jeff in Georgia.
1: Um... The problem with the unicameral is it brings us back to the question of how you're going to organize the voting precincts and things like that, you know, the the districts. I mean, look, the question is people ought to be able to maybe rank vote, something like that.
0: I I think that's a very interesting idea, yeah.
2: And I do agree with you that like, especially for us today in the near to medium term, which is
0: all that, like, that's the most
2: important stuff, it really is.
1: Oh, by the way, oh, one is one Isaac, if you title this episode Shitholes... <laughs>
0: I no, will... I already have the title for this episode, Harvey, and it's, I'm more likely to watch Demon Slayer than Dr. Katz.
1: <laughs> Good. I, that I don't mind. Look, and what I meant by shitholes is, don't forget, Nazism emerged in a parliamentary system, basically parliamentary. Uh, yeah. Fascism, I mean, the idea of a republic and, and these, these checks and balances... The the problem is that Donald Trump still emerged. The Republicans still became a party of white supremacy. Um, That's the kind of thing that's not supposed to happen in this, in this kind of uh, politics. So there is no perfect system. And I I always hesitate to emulate other nations, to be honest. That's, that's
2: I take your point and. I yeah, I'm not asking you to this. agree with me,
1: I just... Uh, no, <laughs> well, I I'm, I, really, I like you and re, I respect you, so would you disagree? Well, I'll tell you a story. I'll, this goes 20 years ago, it's gotta be at least 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I was in a meeting of some faculty, a strictly informal meeting in which we were talking about Europe and America, just comparatively, a sort of very, very informal kind of thing, but it was called for that purpose. And there was somebody there from Denmark who started lambasting America. And Denmark itself is, you know, nobody came after Denmark afterward. But the way in which he spoke of Europe as if it was a model, and one of the guys in the who was in the meeting who served in World War II said, I had to go fight fascism because of what took place in Europe. Now, I'm not denying all the, all the fascism that has prevailed in the southern United States historically. But what I am going to say is that It's just, I, 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 you know, things happen, shit, shit happens, but it doesn't just happen accidentally. And the fact is that it takes good citizens, well-educated, well-fed, well-organized to keep any, any from becoming a shit hole, I think.
2: And I, and I think you're how it's, you know, for us way more doable, practical to democratize our voting system. Rather yeah. than try to fiddle with our constitutional institutions. Yes, yeah, thank you. I'm is, glad
1: that that I am. It's great
2: uh, because yeah, there's that that is a that is a way to tackle the problem of our. It, it's just that our 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 institutions, even our congressional institutions, they just seem so unresponsive to popular will, even during this like pandemic when so many people are hurting and even dead and dying. Like, oops, pardon me. You can't shoot get just you can't shoot, get them to Isaac. I hope. <laughs> no I, I dropped i dropped my phone uh but that stuff like it's it's way more important to me and i see it here where i live the last thing i say before i go this is this fascinates me i like to tell people this i live in an r plus 15 district small town in middle georgia outside of atlanta What's when i t- go to well, it's warner Robins, georgia right next to the uh, warner Robins air logistics center one of the few we have in the united states a huge amount of jobs this town is Funded by military contractors and oh. uh, and enlisted Air Force guys and stuff, but anyway, when I go to vote because I live in such a Republican place, I, I there's no wait for me, ever. I had to when I when I went to go vote in the runoff, I screwed up and I lost my absentee ballot, so when I went in. I had to cancel my ballot, which involved me grabbing a poll worker to call the county and cancel it and get my name marked off the list. And even with all that, I was in and out five minutes max. It's that easy to me. And meanwhile, in like, oh, yeah, I don't know, Cobb County, Fulton County, DeKalb County outside Atlanta, where there are lots of Democratic voters, the lines to wait still, like, you know, like our, our Secretary of State brags about, like, oh, it's only an hour now. <laughs> right? Like, you know, like that's where we're at. Like, that's democracy.
1: In Georgia, yeah. and has 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 answers. Biden signed
0: any executive actions related to voting rights? I don't think he has yet, quite yet, right? Still early days, though.
1: No, no, that they. I think that'll come in legislation, but I could be wrong. There's. A, I think they
2: will do something about that too. There's a, really isn't there too. like
1: a John Lewis bill going forward? No, I don't. I mean, with his name on it or something like. Yes, there that, is. During the Voting Rights Act, I think there is. And yeah, it, pretty it, sure I read about it. Yeah, it
2: seems like something that even the center of the Democratic Caucus is ready to get on board with uh which well, is right like now drunk.
1: the republicans are clearly the party of voter suppression they know it's the only way they can they can ever win again so exactly
2: all right i need to i need to take off isaac very yeah. nice
1: to meet you jeff
0: jeff so, Harvey, so glad. To, uh, yeah
2: it's it's great to finally talk to you we we don't you don't know it but we are in the same orbit i want to i want to say before i go this is a little bit sappy, but um
1: wait jeff hold on a second okay yeah sure okay. Hi. i think we got our times wrong i i'm i i'm i thought i was going to call you at four
0: <laughs> oh, on. no he's on the phone
1: you're on new york time oh i didn't yeah, know that
0: i mean i thought you
1: time okay i'll talk to you yeah. in an hour i'll call I'll you okay? okay okay great thank you okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, you know what? Actually, Jeff, Jeff and Harvey are on today together because I think I could fuse the time. Are you? You're in uh, Central Standard Time, right, Harvey, in Green Bay? Yeah, Central Time, right? I yeah. think that is. I think that is what happened. That, that is a friend That's of right, mine. Though.
1: That's a friend of mine. I just want you to tell who's who's really really good. Her name is Nomi Prinz, P-R-I-N-S. Okay. And she was deeply embedded in banking. She was like one of the managing directors of Morgan, whatever the hell it's called. No, it's a, one of them. And she walked away and then started writing and she's written really good, really good progressive work on banking, global banking. I mean, if just know me, Prins, you should, you should Google it. P-R-I-N-S. It, yeah. I just found her. She seems cool. She's yeah. Uh... yeah. And so we, 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 it's funny in the world she's, I thought she, she lives in California usually Recently, she was in Brazil. She said she's in New York. So we we're supposed to, at four, my time. So then, mistakenly, even there, she said, I'll talk to you an hour. It's still not when we were supposed to talk, but I'll talk to her there.
0: <laughs> the time zones get really confusing. I'm just glad it worked out that I got you guys both on mic at the same time, because I think I think it was a really fascinating discussion with the two of
2: you. No, I, I am, too. I couldn't be more thrilled. I wanted to tell you, Harvey, that I was first, I think the first time I ever saw you was on the Michael Brooks show. Um, oh, yeah? And I was I was lucky enough to meet Michael one time in real life uh, before he passed when I went uh, up to Brooklyn for his yeah. first live show. Um, OK, I, uh, I just want to say I. I don't know, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I really like you and respect you. And um,
1: well, that's really nice. Thank you. You're,
2: but you seem like that yeah, is. And and our the fact that I like Michael really is the only reason that we've it's been the only reason together. I
0: started this podcast I'll and tell we've you that
2: and have been probably. and that we've even been brought together in this like small way and it's uh, it's really moving to me uh in a good way
1: so i, I he, he would, i'm sure he great. would be
0: so happy to see it too you know it's, the I, exact, it's that kind of thing he would want I so i really sure. do
1: because yeah. i miss him a lot all right i i knew michael cuz he was the guy who contacted me first to go on majority report first time then a second time and then we just got into these regular conversations and and he said, oh, you got to come on the show. I said, I'll tell you what, when I'm in Brooklyn, I will do the show. And then the, the, we, had a, we had an understanding. He, he, you know, I'll tell you this. He's not here to correct me. But sure. he said to me, would you please become a Patreon? You know, sign up. And I said, oh, And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do this. My wife actually said to me, because she was in the studio with me, just do it. So I signed up. I said, but I'll tell you what, Michael, let's have an understanding. If I'm in Brooklyn, I'm on the show. And that was our understanding. So (laughs) our our younger daughter lives in Brooklyn. So whenever I was back in New York, I was on the show and it was, you know, we became good friends. And we were talking just within the, I don't know, 36 hours before he died. And we were talking about what his plans were. He was very, very unsettled, by the way, around that time. And it wasn't about his health. He was just really unsettled because he really was concerned about the, the left. He really thought that it was just going crazy. And um,
2: Yeah, it's eating itself. <laughs> yeah, right, fact,
1: yeah, no, really. In fact, he talked about moving. He was thinking, of, he t- said to me, he was either going to move to Costa Rica, California, or China. Wow. And, and I'm not sure if he would have, but California was a possibility because his sister lived there, he has friends out there. Costa Rica, I think he felt would be an interesting place environmentally, and China because he thought that was the way the way of the future, and he wanted to witness it.
2: It just really loved President G so much.
1: <laughs> or, or he just only had
0: a only had the C encyclopedia that he was choosing countries from.
1: Yeah, I was gonna mention that you took the words out of my brain. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha.
2: All right, all, all
1: right, right, guys. Get going. Get going. Yeah,
0: get Jeff, on. Go. We'll let you go. Uh, I know you got a lot of peasant duties to, to get to, and uh, we'll just throw out your Twitter handle before you go, just in case.
2: Sure, it's at JeffHisDudeness, Everyone, follow that account. It's good. It's a pleasure to talk to you both.
0: Thank you so yeah, much. Yes, so good to have you on. Dude, we'll talk stay again safe,
1: soon okay stay safe
0: thanks i will bye bye
1: <sighs> okay so what do you want All to right. say bad about what do you want to say bad? Well, i mean
0: about now that the peasant is gone we can talk right. about the the john teal you know the finer you know we can get out the caviar and the water crackers <laughs> um so
1: that, that, was, yeah. that was fun I, that was fun. we we could do that again sometime
0: yeah, I thought he was uh, I thought it actually worked out really well. Um, because I think I think you and Jeff actually have very similar like overlapping interests. Um if you don't get that email from him, I'll uh, I'll be sure that I pass on your email to him in case he okay, needs good. it. Um we can go for a little bit longer here. I don't know how, how long you have. I think yeah, you've another, been on for five or
1: ten would be okay. Yeah,
0: let's let's that's fine. So um
1: actually I'm like, feeling a little guilty. I should probably uh Yeah, let us go a little bit longer. It, I I try to I don't know if you know, I try to sit in on the chat at the Nomi Kikans show.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, I do yeah. the show
1: a lot. I do a lot of stuff with her. And so I thought, wow, wouldn't it be fun to just sit in on the chat? And I do have to say that her chat group is the nicest group I've ever. I mean, it's just so nice online. It's really mm. amazing.
0: That's I mean, always nice to see. Well, I I'll you tell you what, why don't, why don't I just give you the microphone for a few minutes here and you can just talk about whatever's on your mind in this particular moment in time and then we can sign okay. off and you can, you can, you can go yeah, about well, uh, gallivanting you and enjoying here. your day.
1: I'll tell you what's on my mind right now. Most immediately is the fact that tomorrow is Thomas Paine's birthday and Saturday is Franklin Roosevelt's birthday. And mm. I and I was you know I thought wow that's amazing the two the two biographical figure you know two figures who I've worked in sort of biographical terms on other than radical other than sorry British intellectuals turn out to be one day apart in birthday I, I mean it's just kind of funny it's utterly ridiculous thought but that's my thought not at all you know but I'll also say I'll, I'll also say that I'm. I'm fascinated, I wish, it, I wish there wasn't so much hanging on it, but I'm absolutely fascinated by this first week of the Biden administration. And the reason is that his inaugural address was very unpromising, okay, really unpromising. It, it you know, I mean, I understood why he spoke of unity and I understood that the first emphasis had to be the pandemic and God, I, I agree but it indicated nothing of an interest in Franklin Roosevelt and nothing of an interest in labor and nothing of an interest in a new deal, frankly. So I mm. was prepared to completely say, oh God, here we go, it's another Obama. That's just what we need, another Obama. And then later in the day, two things happened. I'm pretty sure either later in the day or within 24 hours, two things happened. First of all, the, he, his administration, maybe he himself told the head of the National Labor Relations Board Peter Robb, that if he didn't resign, he'd be fired at five o'clock. And Peter Robb is a right-wing corporate hack of a lawyer who was involved in in the PATCO strike of of 1981 when they fired the public employees, you know, the air traffic controllers in the Reagan administration by Reagan. And it's striking that having mentioned, mentioned nothing of labor in his in his address earlier in the day, turned around his first really first act was to fire uh, you know a right-wing anti-labor guy at the National Labor Relations Board and pretty much on the recommendation of labor unions so that that was a good sign. Then the second sign which was welcome to me however simply symbolic it was is that having mentioned nothing of FDR at a moment where we really need another FDR he actually redecorated the Oval Office almost immediately And the biggest, biggest image in the Oval Office is a large portrait that he hung of FDR, so that sitting in his desk in the Oval Office, as he looks up, he will see that portrait. So you know, didn't
0: Trump have um, what's his name
1: Jackson? Yeah, (laughs) which he took down, which Biden immediately ordered to have removed. Well, which is funny too, because Biden was once the hero, one of the heroes of the Democratic Party, because nobody seemed to care enough about. Native American lives but and Jackson himself was a a populist in his day so you know and and some and there have been and you know the the Jackson up until all of us you know really started paying attention to genocide of Native Americans fortunately we did Um, that Jackson was really praised as a hero because of his antagonism towards you know bankers basically well
0: just goes to show how complicated it can be you know um, yeah,
1: that's a, you know, you're the second person this week who said to me, "History is complicated," and it, and I only wish more people appreciated that. They said,
0: you know, for example, like FDR could do Actually, things like tell a diplomat that he felt a certain way about something, and then that wouldn't necessarily be considered a reflection of his entire worldview. For example,
1: well, well I'm not sure that if telling a diplomat it was even true. By the way, because you know, nothing uh, diplomats lie like like more than anybody. I'm sure that's, that's
0: what diplomacy is. is. <laughs>
1: So diplomatic, right? Yeah, um, but no, seriously, we know the the major sins, if you like, or political crimes of FDR were first of all the internment of the Japanese Americans. Absolutely. Okay, and that that he at first resisted, but he then he then bowed to the demands of property holders, the military, and Republicans in California. Um, the second one is, of course, it wasn't a political crime; it was just a, unfortunate. That he didn't do more to integrate the military during world war ii um that it would have been it would have been tough but it would have been significant and then the last thing and by the way i mean he's responsible as president but he did fail to get congress to raise the immigration quotas to allow more uh, european jewish refugees in yeah so, you know those things will will forever be a mark on his otherwise truly progressive small d democratic social democratic record.
0: Yeah, and we need to embrace being able to, to hold all those thoughts in our head at the same time. Like, I don't, think, I don't think it's that unintuitive to be able to do so. I don't think it was uh, that uncommon up until recently.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, and I want to say that if I ever say to people, we need an FDR-like president, I don't mean the guy who didn't segregate the military, the guy who interned Japanese Americans, and the guy who couldn't get Congress to change the immigration laws. I mean the, I mean the president who mobilized American energies to fight the the depression and build a new America, which is exactly what happened in the 1930s, and the same guy who signed into law taxes on the rich, signed into law the end of prohibition, signed into law the National Labor Relations Act, which empowered the federal government to stand behind workers' efforts to organize unions.
0: Yeah, in the same sense that when I say to people that Stevie Wonder is one of the greatest musicians of all time, I'm talking about, you know, music of my mind, versions, songs in the key of life, and I'm not necessarily talking about I Just Called to Say I Love You, you know? <laughs> um
1: i don't mind that song sorry I,
0: I don't mind it either i'm joking but i like i like his stuff from the 70s a lot more is all i mean um <laughs> i just called to say i love you is not some kind of cultural crime. i'm not saying that yeah. um listen yeah. harvey i'm so glad the timing worked out that we could talk with uh, jeff together and that was super super fun um but i know you got to go so uh, yeah, sorry about
1: that no no
0: no worries at all i mean you, we had we had you for the hour are you kidding me it's fucking great um
1: well that's very nice of you to say that listen so your just last thing, your Oilers are in trouble already?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had to call into the post-game radio show and ask them whether or not I should be curled up in a ball just to make sure because they've been pretty shitty. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm sorry to hear about the Packers.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, my daughter and future son, I think what they've first, they're huge Packers fans. They're in New York, but they're huge, huge. I mean, huge Packer fans, and they, they lost that. Second of all, the Brooklyn Nets, their basketball team. Has just been turned inside out with trades and otherwise, and they're really disgruntled. And ha- tell me how the Ottawa Senators are doing.
0: I think they're doing what everyone thought they would be doing, which is not well. I think they're, okay, the, well, bottom, I they're see, the bottom. They're the bottom of the see, Canadian see. division, which I call the Northern Abstraction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, you got the idea. They have a, They're having a tougher time than than the rest of us sports-wise. <laughs>